This episode of The Sleeper and the Bus is brought to you by Out of the Park Baseball 19, the best baseball strategy game ever made. Available now on PC, Mac, and Linux platforms. It's officially licensed by MLB and the MLBPA, allowing you to take any team from any era, from any level, and run it the way you want with unprecedented depth, control, and authenticity. New features for this year include dramatic 3D ballpark and player improvements, an all-new tournament mode, allowing for infinite combinations, all new scouting systems, significant AI adjustments based on the latest trends, and so much more. Even better, if you order now through the Sleeper in the Bus podcast, you'll receive a special 10% discount off the retail price of $39.99 by going to OOTP Developments and clicking on the order banner. Just enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout. Once again, just go to OOTPDevelopments.com, click on the order banner, then enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout for a special discount that helps support the Sleeper in the Bust. Thanks. Welcome to episode 566 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Wednesday, June 20th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined by my co-host, Justin Mason. And we have a special guest today, Jake Seeley from Roto Experts and FNTSY, the award-winning On Target podcast, which he just had Justin on. Guys, what's going on? Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know if it's award-winning anymore, sadly enough. You know, you also left out formally first place at Tout Wars. Because nobody Previ- cares that you were formally in first place. <laughs> Previous labor winner that's trying to set the all-time record for the lowest score possible the very following year. <laughs> like it's a, it's a, you left a couple things you could have mentioned out. So it sounds like 2017 was the time to have you on, when you were award-winning oh, yeah. and you were winning labor. Did you say labor or Tout? Uh, that was no, labor. Counts our mix, labor. Yeah, yes, I see you. Yeah. Uh, I don't usually scroll down that far because Justin, <laughs> and I, Jason, and I are having a good season, so I don't usually scroll down as far enough. To yeah, see you your, have to. Your, you oh. have to go pretty far. You also have to study a while to get through everybody that's on my DL. If you have time for 13, 14 players, then you can probably get through everybody. I, I will. I will pull that up real quick because you can keep as many as you want on DL, so it can get oh, so, wild. No, I'm not. I'm not at 14. I hit. I definitely. I hit 14 because I joked about it on one of the shows. I was saying I now officially have more than half of a full roster on my but DL. Just the names you have too, like Thor, Cespedes. Uh, that's what you get for investing in Mets. Uh, Otani, Pollock, yes. Ray. Like those are all f- top five well, round. Well, well let's not- go down this. Hold on, let's go down this road real quick. But nobody wants to hear about my team, so I'll do the really super fast version. I just got Daniel Murphy back. We drafted at the beginning of February. Nobody thought Murphy like this was going to be June before we saw him. Oh, so absolutely. that that was a situation that I had to deal with. I had no middle infielder at one point because I had uh, DJ LeMahieu hit the DL, and then I picked up Echeverria of all things after JP Crawford went in the DL and Joe Panic went in the DL. So I had no second baseman no middle infielder. I finally trade state and I get D Gordon. D Gordon hits the DL the very next day. So that's my season. Oh my God. By the way, you know, I I would push back on the notion that nobody wants to hear about our teams. They they listen to our show. If they don't think we're going to talk about our teams, I I don't know what, what they're expecting here. So no, No, you're you're fine. You know know how it is in real life. No, no, I I know. And I, but I, and I push back against it. I'm like, no, I, I think people, like maybe if I go up to somebody and the first thing in a non-baseball context is I'm like, yo, my DL right now, dog, dude, <laughs> it's your uncle's funeral. Yeah, but my DL dude, is <laughs> basically is, like, I, like even Chirinos was a breakout and he hits the yep. DL. It was just yeah, like, good Chirinos, God, like the, the Pollock thing, you can call him injury prone. But seriously, that was that was like a Stanton injury. Like, And it's really not, so- though. 
because he has right. a lot of whack injuries. Like right. The Seth, you know, like you said, the Cespedes is joking about the Mets. Like, but that was the thing. He was seventh round at that point. I was like, you know what? I'll take the risk. Solaire bro- was breaking out for you. Santana was like Murphy supposed to be back earlier than than now. So yeah, just a tough one, man. Obviously, you you, you caught the crap end, and it's it's really beating <laughs> it's, down your uh, your standings. Uh, thing. There's a whole <laughs> lot lost, of whining I, going I, on in this podcast. Yeah, I've, I forgot. I've lost Candelario and Davidson like inter like interchangeably throughout the season too. It's just been miserable. It's actually laughable at this point. At a certain point, it can it can be pretty funny when your team just completely goes sideways. But uh, you are laughable. Oh, are we introducing Justin now? (laughs) I'm sitting over here just like uh, thinking about the fact that a couple weeks ago I had about seventy five percent of the auction dollars I spent at Tout Wars on the DL, and I'm in uh, third place right now. So that's what happens when you invest in pitching. Mm. Yeah, well, it still seems to be working though. you guys are tied, so we'll yeah. see how we'll see how no, you guys. No, I was going to say laughable is the Mississippi State guy from the College World Series that I was so, going to tell you. Let's go. Yeah. I, so I, what I, happened? I, what happened? I was surprised you haven't seen this clip. It's a news report late, like the local news thing, and she's doing her whole thing on the College World Series. She interviews a guy he's from Mississippi State. He goes, "Yeah, it's just great. My wife's boyfriend <laughs> sold <laughs> wait, wait sold his prosthetic leg so I could get tickets to come what? to this game." So they could spend time together and I could be here in Omaha. All right. I'm playing this clip. This can't be real. This <laughs> is, is this crazy. not the most Murica thing ever? Let's see this. No way, dude. No way. That's amazing. Oh, that's the greatest interview of all time. That's amazing. By the way, that team is pretty interesting. I don't know how many people follow college baseball. I was watching a lot of it toward the end of this year, you know, the most, or toward the end of the season uh, for my Longhorns and kind of keeping an eye on the College World Series and that Mississippi State team. They might be a team of destiny, so really? sell your prosthetic legs and, and, and get out there to watch them. <laughs> I was watching a, a handful of the Florida games, mostly for India before the draft, that's, and that, that's exactly and then, why I was watching Florida, too. He is so good. Yep, and then the Mets didn't draft him, so. I, I honestly think, listen, I got no problem with Mize. I, I, first off, I don't know enough about him to object anyway. I saw one start. I actually saw a bad start against Florida, um, and you know, I read all the stuff about him or whatever, I'm wondering if India might might end up being the best player of that draft, though. And I kind of feel like they purposely sniped the Mets, and they might get rewarded for doing so. Oh, absolutely. And and so I don't know, but I I don't know a ton about all the draft prospects, so I don't want to dive too fur- too much further into that. Let's talk some Major League Baseball. We'll start right away with some injuries. Then we're going to get into some uh, buy high hitters, the guys that are really performing well. And I want to ask you, too, if we, if we should be buying these guys for the summer. But let's start with the injury. Marcus Stroman back on Saturday. Jake, we'll start with you. What are your expectations for Stroman? Obviously, the shoulder's been a problem all year in terms of putting him on the shelf. But then he's been a nightmare when he's been pitching anyway. So uh, are we finally right with the shoulder and, and we're going to get a good Marcus Stroman? Or is this something that you're staying far away from? Stay. I don't care. I don't care when he comes back. I have never been a Stroman supporter, uh, mostly because if anybody knows me when it comes to baseball, I always go back to Saab. That's what Nando DeFino named it, is strikeout percentage minus walk percentage, which, by the way, I went back and had an argument with. I had it before your boys, Fangraphs, had it. I actually beat them to the punch by about two months on this. But 
You guys did a great thing. You have K minus B based on Bell's percentage listed there. It's great. I actually had to manually do it before it was added, so I thank you for that. But it's a great statistic. It's it's a very, very telling statistic for future success, rebound. It's it's not quite the babip of pitchers, but it's close. It's it's a very good tool to use. You can dig in deeper once you see these numbers. And the thing with Stroman is he hovers around eleven, twelve percent. And that's not even mediocre. Mediocre is about 13, 14%. So he's below average. That's a telling stat and something of why I've never bought into Stroman. Uh, the injury before the, at the beginning of the season, uh, I actually had some inside information. I wasn't allowed to tell, which is just annoying to me. Uh, I was actually, if, if everybody goes to look, Stroman's pretty far down my preseason rankings because somebody told me we don't trust his shoulder. Just letting you know. And I wasn't allowed to repeat the information, which is just weird. But in any case, so all that well, being you, said, you, you put it out in your ranking. Yeah, exactly. But I wasn't allowed to say why he was there. Hey, people just got to trust you. Hashtag check the link. Ha- boom. Thank you, Paul. So uh, the fact is, is even when he comes back, I think the 3.09, I think the 2007 last season is going to be more of an outlier. Once we like, if we're like five years from now, I think we're going to be looking at Stroman more four ERA years than the three ERA years. Here's the thing. I would, um, I would feel better about I would give him a pass on the strikeout minus walk rate situation if I felt that his infield defense would turn the ground balls into outs. And that's just not the case with Stroman. That's, that's why I didn't like him coming into the season. I didn't believe that there was an infield defense that could maximize and cover that flaw. Because I agree with you in that flaw, his strikeouts. The, the There is one thing I have to say for his strikeouts, though, is that you know he's got 160-plus the last two years because of uh, inning volume. He's actually salvaged a decent total, but his right. rate isn't good. And I, I'm with you, that 309 last year. When you look at a 309 ERA and a 131 whip for Stroman, one of those is off. And for me, it was the ERA. I, I thought that he was fortunate to get such a good ERA. I agree with you that we're going to be looking at low fours uh, as kind of an upside right now. I'm staying away as well. Justin, how about you, Marcus Stroman? I need to see health. I mean, the, yeah. the amount of hard contact he is giving up. He gave up almost 50% hard contact. And batters were pulling the ball on him over 50% of the time. Uh, he had a hard time uh, commanding the ball at all, uh, even when he was in the zone. And so I've got to see a track record of health. And I have been a Stroman guy in the past. Um, but I, I was kind of meh on him coming into the year this year. Didn't really like where he was going necessarily in drafts. Uh, not that I was necessarily down in the talent, but I didn't have the inside information that Jake did. And he wasn't and sharing we, that information, and we still obviously. Avoided him. Yeah, we still <laughs> avoided him despite that. So it looks like it's a full avoid for us, um, at least until we see something from Strowman. But even even then, it looks like uh, at least Jake and I are probably saying no thanks right now. Let's talk about Joey Lucchesi from the uh, San Diego Padres. He's going to make his return now. He's an interesting one because... Uh, you know, he was kind of an out of nowhere guy, and we were wondering like, who, who's this guy? And he's got that curve, that little uh, changeup curve mix. It's it's pretty nasty. He lives off of deception as well, and you know, putting putting together a pretty good season so far. But he's been out for a while. He's going to start today against Oakland. Should be an interesting test. Justin Joey Lucchesi, somebody that uh, I, I doubt he went on any waiver wires. I think people would hang on to him on their DL. He he pitched too well not to. Is he somebody that that you'd be interested in trading for if you see some health in the hip uh, this next couple starts? Uh, only if he starts off slowly, uh, because I think if someone waited this long for a guy like who was a waiver wire guy to begin with, like Lucchesi, then 
uh, the chances are you're not going to get a very decent price for him. And I just don't think he's that special of a pitcher. Now I think he can be adequate. He, you know, nice four or five kind of guy in your in your fantasy rotation. But uh, I, if I'm going for a guy like this, I want a little bit of a discount. So, uh, and I just think we may have missed out on that if you're trying to trade for him at this point. Yeah, I think that's that's definitely fair, uh, Jake. We've seen him see, seen Lucchesi perform. You know, he's got he's got a pretty decent 17% strikeout minus rate mark, but. I'm looking at that 1.5 1. homer per nine, and I'm thinking that the 3.23 ERA is about to creep up. So I'm I'm kind of I have some trepidation with Luke Casey. Where do you come out? Yes, yeah, I kind of like him, and I'm kind of concerned at the same time. It's not even so much the home run the fly ball rate. It's you're to talk about the curve and all. He's basically a two pitch pitcher. Like he yes. kind of has a third. And my biggest concern with starters, and I'm going to give a comparison and I, it's not the best one, but it's the first name that popped in my head was like De Sclafani when people wanted him to be a starter. And he, he really, in my opinion, only had two quality pitches. When you only have two pitches, your success potential as the starter is very unlikely. And that's my uh-huh. concern is, is like people are going to see that and they're going to decide what to sit back and wait on. And maybe they just sit back and treat him like Bartolo Colon and just, hey, we'll wait for the fastball, ignore the churve, as you said, and we'll just start hammering that fastball. And then you to your point about the home run rate is that's where he's going to get into trouble. So I like him, but I would just enjoy the starts until things potentially fall apart. Yeah, and he only throws 90 as well. And so, you know, we've seen guys with, with, better pitches but only two like like a chris archer struggle so i think the the margin for error for joey lucchesi is a little bit thin um if you have him and you wrote it out stick with it that's fine it's a waiver pickup it's it's somebody who's delivering some strikeouts see where it's going but i'm not sure that he's going to be in all formats all the time starter especially as that if that home run rate continues um justin we'll start with you on this one just to anger you i guess Sam Dyson's going to close because Hunter Strickland's an idiot and uh, punched a wall. And the wall won. The wall stays undefeated (laughs) at being punched. Um, I thought the wall and the wall wall won. And the wall always wins. The wall beat LeBron or whatever. I think he punched like a scoreboard or whatever the heck. But, uh, yeah, you never win on that. And, honestly, this is peak Hunter Strickland to do this. In the midst of... Finding success, having the job, kind of fending off Mark Melanson. Now he injures himself, and it's not Melanson, but it is Sam Dyson. Uh, what do you think of this situation? Dyson's pitching all right from a results standpoint. Has he been pitching well? I, I've not watched enough games to say how he looks. Does Dyson look like somebody you want to go out and get for these saves? Uh, I mean, if you need saves, I think you can. I, I just worry that if Mark Melanson starts to look decent and Dyson falters at all, they're going to throw Melanson into that role considering his contract. I mean, he's literally just sitting on a pile of money doing nothing for that Giants organization. <laughs> and so uh, it's really disappointing for for Strickland because he's been really, really good this year. Uh, just shoots himself in the foot because he's angry because Lewis Brinson is celebrating on him after giving up the tying run. In, in fairness, game. if I gave up anything to Lewis Brinson, I would start punching stuff too. Well, for sure. Like, if, <laughs> if you don't want to be angry about Lewis Brinson uh, celebrating on you, then don't let Lewis Brinson get a hit. That's what the rest of Major League Baseball has been doing all year. 
I will say this though, Lewis Brinson better watch out in 2021 because Strickland's probably yeah, going to hit him. Yeah, he's coming for him. <laughs> he's in coming, a couple he's years. coming for him in three years. Uh, it was a door, by the way. Doors aren't undefeated against hands, but they still have a pretty good record. Well, I doors think it's have four. locks. It, so. Yeah, it, it depends. It also you know, it depends. depends on the door. I don't know if exactly. you guys ever used to watch The Ultimate Fighter, but back when, uh, oh, I forget his name now. But anyway, one of them, one of the coaches beat the crap and tore the door off the hinges. It was one of those ones that it's like made out of foam board in the middle. Yeah. So like you, it, that you doesn't can count. beat a door. Doors are not undefeated, but still this, this door Rampage did. Jackson. Listen, oh, good old rampage. If, I bet if, he could. If the thing you're fighting doesn't feel pain, it's probably not a great idea. You're taking an L there. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, this just in. That's uh, why you shouldn't fight me. Slide some extra news in there. <laughs> no, I didn't say uh, dumb doesn't have feelings. I said doesn't feel pain. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. This one will shock both of you, and it may end the podcast because it's going to be so shocking. Brandon Morrow is going on the disabled list. Um, this <laughs> this just coming across the wire. I know. The, the did you hear how, though? Did you, did you hear how, how he got hurt? I'm reading right now. Back injury. Injures back Getting while dressed. undressing yeah. following Sunday night's finale. You know, nice. I don't advocate lying because it's, it's crappy. But I think in this situation, you got to come up with a lie, dude. you got to come up with something better than back from undressing. Well, isn't, that just, the, isn't that the Sammy Sosa, you know, injured himself sneeze. sneezing? Yep. Um, Look, I, I, I'm I'm getting I'm getting to the late 30s. Well, I, I should never tell people that. But in any case, uh, I've sneezed before, and not like where I'd be on the disabled list, but I felt a twinge just because no, no, you're no. in a weird. I, I get it. Yeah, I get it. It's it's still funny though. And and <laughs> um, was it Marty Cordova who like tanned too long and was too sunburned <laughs> to play? He went somebody did. I don't know if it was him specifically, but I know somebody went on the disabled list because they the tanned in the tanning bed too long. Yeah, it, it say just get something else there, Moro. So he's going to go on the DL. Uh, looks like Pedro Strope. Uh, Jake, would you take Dyson or Strope? Mm, uh, I'd probably take Strope. At least I know he can get more save opportunities there. Like, the fact is, is I, like, I just don't even want to mess around with the Dyson one because we talked about this yesterday. And I said with Justin, is what if you pick the wrong one? Would you pick up both of them? And even if so, even if we have the announcement today, does it stay that way? And how many saves is the team going to get anyway? Exactly. And don't sleep on Tony Watson, you know, if, 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 if Tony Watson or Will Smith, both lefties. If right. they're playing matchups, those guys could start stealing some. Right, because our conversation was the same too. Right, and then our conversation was the same thing. The reason we were talking about it is we were actually talking about the Royals, and it's just like if you don't have a clear closer, you almost want to go pick up both if you can, and then now you're rostering two guys until it clears up. We've actually been down this road before with Tony Watson yes. back with the Pirates, yep. and we did this whole thing. It was like pick up all of them just in case. And you yeah, there was actually three that you picked up at the time. I forget the, who the third was, and it never actually cleared up. It wasn't anybody specifically. So that's I just that's why I'll avoid these situations unless I'm just dying for saves. And, and teams are a lot more open to it as well. That's the thing. They're open. You know, even a team like Houston, um, you know, Giles is the nominal guy in the closer position, but he doesn't get all the saves either. So uh, I will it's say just, though that Bochi as a manager in San Francisco has been kind of a stick with your guy. I mean, how long did he stick with Santiago Casilla, even though he should That's have? That's true. You know, with and, the ups and, and downs that he that had. And, uh, and Brian Wilson before that. Like, he runs those guys into the ground and then doesn't pick a new one a- until he has to. So uh, if, you, if you're if you looking for saves, I think Dyson is the safe bet. Well, 
and uh, Dyson got 14 saves with San Francisco last year mm-hmm. too. So he, they know he can do it. So I, I would pick him up. Um, I also think that the Strickland situation is going to be longer than than Morrow. I think Morrow will be able to dress himself in in ten days. I think it could <laughs> have a, a minor stint, but we'll see. We'll see. Maybe he's got to get someone. Put your arms up, Brandon. Let's put your shirt on now. Uh, so yeah, that that's yeah. You uh, think they'd have someone in the clubhouse to assist him with that? Just just somebody to help. Who's who's getting Brandon dressed today? And no Ad- one Addison that. Reed's just not doing his job anymore. Maybe it wasn't the dressing. Maybe it was the activity before getting dressed. Perhaps, perhaps, maybe he was just uh, he was just wilding, and then uh, all of a sudden he noticed he pulled something when he took off his jersey. Yeah, yeah. you guys yeah. have never uh, been married, but it's really easy uh, to like hurt yourself when you're undressing if you know if your wife you know gives you a wink. <laughs> I'm letting that hang out there. Uh, that's what she said. The single guys are just chilling on that one. All right, yeah. Rich Hill is back. But for how long? Uh, he looked strong first time this year, really. Well, I don't think so. I think he had like a one off a good start. But he was six scoreless. God, I, I'm out on this. Listen, I got Rich Hill last year in a couple leagues. Thought the price was right. Got my winnings. You know, I feel feel like I won there. And I just decided to, to quit out entirely this year because I'm, I'm ready to be done with that hot potato. Don't know when the music's going to stop. Don't want to be left holding the bag. Justin, Rich Hill's back. Are you buying it? Uh, to some extent, I am. Would you buy it for your team, though? It depends <laughs> I, on what my team set, context but... is. So okay. if I have a team that is fairly healthy right now and can absorb a DL stint because... Uh, Not I, Jake. Yeah, I mean, if, <laughs> if you have one of those teams that is, you know, beaten up like, like Jake's team in labor, my team in tout wars, this is not a good situation because the blister issue isn't necessarily resolved. I think the mechanical adjustments he made may be, uh, may be resolved. And in that case, I'll take a bet on the upside if I can absorb the eventual DL stint in about a week and a half. Jake? Rich Hill, is this, this seems like somebody that you you avoid. Am I wrong? <laughs> I actually haven't had Rich Hill. I, I love Rich Hill when he's healthy. And honestly, you said oh, hot potato. It's like the music is like, do, do, do. That was it. It's over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, like, even... Three notes every time. Yeah. It's like, here, you're ready to start? Oh, you didn't even get to pass it. Sorry. Yeah, uh, wh- like... whoever's starting with it is automatically caught, <laughs> caught holding you know what? the music. The thing with Rich Hill, Rich, Rich Hill, Rich Hill, I think would be interesting. I, I don't, I'm not a doctor, but just in my mind, like last year, I was saying in the offseason, did anybody ever consider just like cutting off his finger and putting like like fake skin all the way down? Like that's like really tough. Trend. Yeah, like a skin, or not, it doesn't even like synthetic skin, just something there. And just like, you know what? Just get rid of the nerve and just put like a whole bunch of synthetic skin there. Yeah, because you got a <laughs> crusty ass cyborg. Yeah, yeah. crusty ass 38 year old skin that just breaks anytime he gets out and does anything with it. That, this is getting old, man. Pretty soon, our skin's going to just be popping, apparently, because that's what happens when you Maybe get you old. Just get some Jergens and moisturize. Like, just I get, yeah, seriously, dude. Just try some lotion, do something. It's <laughs> it's kind of wild, but uh, I like the idea of Bionic Rich Hill. Yeah. Uh, so I, it sounds like something that we all um, enjoy that when he's successful, but it can be on somebody else's team because not none of the three of us want the headache. Do I have that right? Yeah, like I'll look said, at him. Like, uh, uh, if it's if it's a daily lineups team that isn't very injured, then sure, why not? I mean, the upside's mm-hmm. there. He, you know, he's gonna well, he's gonna get wins on the team. 
Uh, if the mechanical issues are figured out, he can be a dominant pitcher. He was great yesterday. Um, I think people will want to sell, too. Uh, those that have been dealing with this headache that maybe aren't accustomed to it, they weren't in either the last two years, they're going to say, hey, got a great outing, I'm ready to sell. So if you do like Rich Hill and you need some pitching and you want to try to Hail Mary it because there's massive risk, you might be able to go out and buy Rich Hill right now because I do think that the team that has him would be open to say who, who has Rich Hill in labor? I'm gonna go add him to my team just for the hell of it. Just just for the <laughs> meme of it at this point, because you know he's gonna get hurt. It, it, it's almost too perfect. All right, let's talk uh let's talk some buy high hitters, guys. We got a bunch of guys that are performing out of their minds right now. Eight eight players. And I'm just curious your thoughts on on what their summer is going to look like. Are these guys that people that have them should be selling? Uh, should people that don't have them maybe be, be in investing because they're performing so well and they're going to continue to invest? Let's start with the, uh, the the man of the hour or the last several hours. Max Muncy continues to perform uh, exceedingly well. And I think the most impressive part, uh, is his plate approach, 18% walk rate, 25% strikeout rate. I'll take a 25% strikeout rate all day when I'm getting 18% walks. 13 homers, 30 ribbies in just 50 games. The triple slash is 259, 392, 580. Uh, you know, swing mechanics guy uh, that changed with the Dodgers. It's their latest find. It's their find of the year, Jake. But is Max Muncy somebody that you want to buy in on for the long haul this year? Mm, no. And uh, to be honest with you, you might be able to buy high to, and still not pay really what Muncie could potentially bring in. I know a lot of comparisons are to his teammate and the people keep saying like, oh, he's just Chris Taylor from last year. Sure. The or problem is, that. yeah, the problem is, is if you look at him, he's also got like what a top five. Well, what have, what have been a top five last year home run the fly ball rate along the lines of like J.D. Martinez and Aaron Judge and Matt Davidson and stuff like I don't think that's who he is. He's never been that guy. And if you look at his home runs, the majority of them, he's a pole hitter when it comes to the power. I think he's a great plate approach, and I think he's actually a very good hitter. And I think when things start to go south, it won't be as bad as people expect it to be. I'm just not buying to this pop. Like The fact is, is you go back to 2013 in high A when he hit 21 home runs. Outside of that, it's just never really been there. I mean, that was the only time the ISO ever even got over 200. So wow. I, I, I'm really hesitant for the power. I think that's going to come down whether it's just him himself. People start to apply the shift because, as I said, he is a pole hitter at almost 50%. He is doing a little bit better. I think two of his home runs went to the opposite field. I just This isn't who he is. And But all but that being said, that's why I'll still buy high to a degree because there is a lot of people out there who still doubt him. And I think because he's such a good, uh, you mentioned his plate approach. I think the floor is not as bad as people would assume of, uh, you know, a flash in the pan, typical type of player. No, I I think that's that's completely fair with Muncie is that the, the, the bottom shouldn't be too bad because because he has such a strong approach. Justin, the the projections don't love him. They're all kind of they all kind of have him as a, a bottom league average bat, which isn't too bad because I'm sure coming in they had him below average. But they all range in the 97 to 105 WRC plus range with the bat checking in at the high end, also including 13 homers and 41 ribbies in 86 games. Is Max Muncy somebody that you go out and buy if you, if you need power? Do you believe in this? It depends on what the price is. I think Jake's right. I don't think the the price is probably as high as it should be considering what he's doing. And there is going to be some massive regression because like over the last 30 days, 
I believe his home run to fly ball rate is at like thirty seven and a half percent. Um, I mean, it, I, be- it, I believe it. Yeah, it's it, it's it's insane, and obviously that is going to come down. Uh, but like you guys have both mentioned, the, the plate approach is fantastic. His O swing percent over that uh, time is fifteen and a half percent. He's making really decent contact, uh, and he hits for power. And I think the power is legitimate. I just don't know if he's going to be able to connect like this on, on such a regular basis. Uh, and obviously the, the home run numbers are going to come down. But I wouldn't be surprised to see him hit another 10 to 12 home runs rest of the way if he can get consistent playing time. The question becomes, what do the Dodgers do at the trade deadline? And is it, is, does he get kind of forced out of the picture as they start to try to acquire pieces? Especially if pieces like... Uh, Mike Moustakis or Manny Machado aren't as expensive on the short-term rentals as people maybe thought they would be. Uh, I think Muncie maybe heads back to a reserve role and then he becomes worthless. So uh, I, I think it largely depends on the price. If I'm getting him for a fairly cheap, you know, cost, yeah, sure, why not take a run at it? Um, I think. But I, I think Jake uh, brings up a good point. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Justin. No, I, I was just going to say, but I, I, I'm not going to spend an arm and a leg to go out and get a guy like Mac, uh, Max Muncy. And I think Jake's point is that he might not be. So even though it it wasn't a resounding endorsement of of the stats, Jake's saying I'd still I'd still check in, see where the see where the person's at who has Muncy. Let me ask you guys a couple names, Jake. Um, is Marco Gonzalez something that you would do in a, in a pitcher for hitter swap there? Two, two flavors of the month. Uh, I would take Muncy 10 times out of 10. And speaking yeah. of which, just for uh, like little uh, antidote here is against Lester, uh, Bellinger and Jack Peterson are sitting today, but Muncy's still in the lineup. See, now that's, that's kind of huge, uh, especially, um, well, with, with both of the other guys sitting. against lefties. No, I, I, I still, I, know, I mean, but, he's but the, the only lefty in the lineup today. Yeah. That, that that's the surprising part. Not so much that they're sitting. Jock. Who's the other guy you said they're sitting? Bellinger. Is, oh yeah. Bell- Forsyth in the lineup. Uh, yep. Forsyth in the lineup. It's Forsyth. Taylor, Hernandez, Turner, Camp, Forsyth, Muncie, Grandel, Puig, and Stripling. Obviously. Good old Stripling. Can't wait to watch him pitch. Big fan. Big fan. Um, Justin, what about Michael Walker if he was the cost for Muncie? No. Too much. Too much. What about, what about Mike Leak? Sure. Oh yes. Yeah. I'll do that in heartbeat. Um, Dylan Covey is that more of Marco Gonzalez? I would take yeah, I would take Muncy oh, easy on that. I think one. I'm gonna hold Covey. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to believe in Covey a little bit. What about uh, going going to pitch uh, a reliever route here, Sir Anthony Dominguez or Max Muncy? No. Muncy. No, I'll, I'll take I'll take Dominguez. Yeah, and again, we're talking team context here. If you have Dominguez. Maybe you need the saves, or sounds like I'm a little bit yeah. more Muncy believer than yeah, yeah. Maybe not, maybe you yeah. like him more than you think. Uh, but I, I'm I'm definitely intrigued by this. I I tend to buy it uh, to a degree, right? Now, obviously not to the 162 WRC plus level, but if I'm if I'm ballparking his his WRC plus the rest of the year for Muncy, I'm going to go with like a 120. So that's that's a pretty solid player there. I think it's going to be in in that range, and obviously that's going to be influenced by the OBP, which isn't necessarily going to help you if you're not in an OBP league it will translate into runs you know it's getting on base and being on a good team but uh, yeah I think he's somebody that that you can definitely look into and at least see where the cost is uh next up when this guy when when Jorge Polanco got suspended it looked like well the twins were taking a big hit and it was going to really affect their chances turns out 
they, they have not performed well, but it has nothing to do with missing Polanco. And it's actually going to be interesting to see what happens to that um, situation when, when he gets back. Actually, I, I guess I'll just take over shortstop because this guy, Eduardo Escobar, has been playing mostly third with Sano now sent down. So um, if Sano is still in the minors, then it kind of figures itself out. But Eduardo Escobar has been out of his mind he hits doubles even when he's not playing they just credit him with doubles because they're like you know what he probably deserves another one he has 32 doubles already guys his career high is 35 back in 2014 i think he's on pace to set a a major league record remember a couple years ago brantley was on pace it really slowed but he's smacking the ball in addition to the doubles 12 homers 35 runs 48 ribbies uh one steal 305 average justin Eduardo Escobar, 29-year-old breakout here. Are you buying this? I I'm not. I like I I don't love the plate approach at all. Um uh, I mean, he he's his hard contact percentage is absolutely through the roof, but uh I I just I don't I don't buy this. He he's swinging outside the zone just an absolute ton. Uh the statcast numbers um aren't like super impressive. The exit velocity's up and the launch angle's up, but uh, it's not like he's got like a top 10 or top 20 exit velocity. This isn't a guy who is crushing the ball that way. I think he's getting a little bit lucky. uh, And I think once Sano figures figures things out and comes back up, Escobar may be kind of SOL. It sounds like a fictional situation. Sano figuring (laughs) things out. Sounds sounds interesting. Uh, Jake, I will point out that uh, Eduardo Escobar had a pretty solid year last year, too. No, you don't need to point it out. I'll take care of it. You want okay. to like, I'll take care of it. Because here's, then, the, here, then here's the fact. Uh, so early in the beginning of the preseason, or spring training, sorry, a football football mind right now, uh, the fact is everybody I was talking about Sano, and I actually had a thing, and I was like, hey, look, there's two names people are overlooking. And it's not, you know, this is the Twins. It's not Sano that you need to be concerned about. It's not Berrios in the pitching. It's Eduardo Escobar. And it's Eddie Rosario, who both of them, in my opinion, I would say are not getting the respect deserved. I Agreed. was actually on Escobar, hoping something figured itself out to get him playing time because I'm I, I, this one is not like maybe the Muncie thing. This is like I'm completely on the other side of Justin. This one I looked at last year and I'm looking at the fact that everybody's talking about this embracing the launch angle, embracing the changes in baseball, embracing all that stuff. Escobar just did that. It's just he's one of those guys who embraced, you know what? I'm just going to try and hit it and try to hit it with a better angle and try to hit it hard. Now, I will agree. I don't think he's a 300 hitter, and the BAPIP reflects that 359. I mean, I don't think he's going to carry that, but I believe in the power. And if you look at last year, you were about to say it, it's 129 games, 21 home runs. I think that he is a 25 ish, maybe even 30 if he's really embraced. Like, this might be the next step forward over last year. I, I'm, a, I'm in on it. I, I don't care if I'm wrong. I have believed in Escobar going into this season. I'm going to stay on it and because he's proven me right so far. I, I'm, I'm with that, actually. I, I'm, I'm, it's, it's two against one here on Justin because I like Escobar <laughs> as well. And a lot of it is that last season where he already showed that he can be a quality player. Now he's having a big breakout. Yeah, it's going to come down, and I think it's going to be primarily um, – you know, it, it's going to be primarily in the batting average scenario. So – um, that that's it's going to come back. That's fine. Look for the power to stick. And I love Eddie Rosario, by the way. And that's one where I wish I would have trusted my eyes more in Arizona Fall League. When I was watching him, he was performing well. 
and he was just playing really well. And all the scouts, all the analysts were like, nah, that guy sucks. He's not that good. And I was like, oh, okay, well, these people know more about prospects than I do. But I like this Eddie Rosario guy, so I just kind of filed him away. But I never really acted on it. I have, you know, I've had him in a couple leagues this year and last, but but never acted fully on it. And um, I acted on it when I saw Dustin Ackley and thought he was going to be a star. And I should have just trusted myself because at least I could have made up for all those Ackley shares that I got. Uh, all right, two more real quick, guys. Juan Soto and Brandon Nimmo, let's put them together because uh, they're they're both really on fire in terms of people loving them this year. Um, Jake, we'll start with you on Juan Soto, and then we'll go to Justin for Brandon Brandon Nimmo. Juan Soto is a guy 19. Just being in the league at 19 speaks well for your future. Like the the about the lowest uh, level that you can be in terms of guys that we've seen at age 19 come up. The worst guy. Recently was Justin uh, was uh, Melvin Upton, BJ Upton, like if th- that that's kind of the worst case scenario of the guys who come it's up at still, It's still BJ. He just changed his name because he sucked and he was hoping people <laughs> forgot. But uh, like even if that was somebody's career, like if you could promise a, a major league team that they could have Melvin Upton and, and you were just going to get his career, there'd be no veering from it. He would still be a pretty high pick. I don't think he would be like the number two pick the way he was, but that would still be 12 years of a league average bad, some speed defense. Um, but I, obviously I think Soto's way higher, but just being in the league and crushing it at 19, how good can this guy be? And would you buy in on his summer? Cause you got to pay, you got to buy high here for sure. Okay, so the answer to the first part of that first is I think they were talking about somebody who could be one of the top 10 hitters in baseball. I mean, we're talking next year. It could be he's a first-round pick. I mean, this yeah. the year after that, we could be having a conversation of do I take Altuve, Trout, or do I take Soto? Like, there is that potential there. The only problem to him is not having the steals, and that's probably why we're never going to have the Trout conversation. But all that being said, that's the kind of talent he has. For this year, I'm not buying high right now. I'm actually selling high. High, right? Like, if I'm not fielding offers for Juan Soto, I told Justin this yesterday. I think you're playing fantasy baseball. Doing it wrong. Because, Absolutely. Yeah, because people are envisioning, they're envisioning the early Bryce Harper. And the fact is, is I don't care how good you are. Let's say he's Bryce Harper. Look at what Bryce Harper is doing this year. There's always a potential slump. And at this age, I know he's done it at every single level, but every single level doesn't even have, there's only one season of level where he's even had more than 100 plate appearances. And that was <laughs> his very first rookie ball in 2016. It's a lot to ask anybody. I don't care if you're 19. I don't care if you're 22 and you're a top prospect. It's a lot to ask anybody. Let's talk about Reese Hoskins last year at the end of the season. It's just, and I know it's different players and different people adjust, but. Yeah, but Reese Hoskins was like a finished product in terms of his play to pro. Like he was all set to go too. Talk about Acuna struggled after never struggling at every single level. We could go down the list and mention how many guys have done this. And the biggest thing here is too, is if you go back, I just wanted to mention Hoskins specifically one more time too, is because if you look at the plate approach between him and judge in minors, he actually looks, if you just took the names away and looked at the stats, you would say Hoskins is the better player. And you would have thought he would turn into the judge. Exactly. So, all that being said is not buying high. I am selling high. If I'm wrong, this is what I said to Justin too yesterday. If you're getting what he's producing right now, if you're getting even second round value, which that's who some people are treating him as that. Mm-hmm. If you get that in return and he stays doing this the rest of the year, you, you evened out. If you, you didn't lose, many, yeah. Right. It, but you're getting rid of all that risk. Exactly. I, I, I fully agree there. I love Juan Soto. Love what he's doing. If you're not listening to trades in a non-keeper league, you are failing yourself because you could you could reasonably 
you know, fill two, two, three holes on your team too. If, if it's one of those situations where you do have a couple, or you can just get a superstar talent in a different position, whether it's pitching or in on your infield or something like that. Uh, Justin, are you this similar on Juan Soto? I think so too. Obviously, long term keeper dynasty. I, I'm not selling, but I think in a redraft, you have to take advantage, especially because Michael Taylor is crushing the ball right now. Uh, I mean, he's hitting over 300 over the last month, has 10 stolen bases in that time. So they've got to figure out a way to get him him into lineup. With so if, yeah, yeah, it's it, so if Soto struggles at all, there's a chance he hits the bench, and uh, it just there's so much risk with a 19 year old player. I know he looks the part, um, and and he really does. But uh, I have no problem. But they all taking, come back to earth. They yeah, all do. Someone is someone is going to overpay in your league. Yep. Absolutely. So, and that's definitely a guy that if you are going to sell Juan Soto, you put it out to the league and just don't don't go be covert and try to get on two three yeah. trades. Tell everyone, listen, I got Juan Soto, I got to move him because I got to fill this, that, and the other. Uh, all right, Justin, Brandon Nimmo, again, flavor of the month right now, absolutely beasting. Uh, also has good plate approach, very similar plate approach to Muncie, but he's hitting for the power with speed too. I think that's the underrated aspect of Nimmo's game is that he also runs. However, he's a Met, so he's due for about six or seven injuries the rest of the year, so I guess that's the terrifying thing about him. But would you buy high on Brandon Nimmo, or are you trying to sell him, Justin? I really like Nimmo, but I'm I'm trying to sell him as well because I just don't trust the Mets. Though I guess the Mets did something smart after Jake and I talked about Nimmo yesterday, which was like they told Jay Bruce that he was injured and then he needed to go on the DL. He was all like, "No, I'm not. Jay, I'm totally fine." Yeah. No, 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 I'm not. No, I had a physical. I'm yeah. perfectly healthy. Well, just, yeah. Justin, they two people listened to us. Billy mm-hmm. Hamilton listened to us in the fact that he sucked and then he went and hit a home run last night. Hard against my Tigers. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it's brutal Ugh. and like. I've been, you know, not rooting against my team, but I, I'm like, okay, the Tigers don't have to win because they're not a real contender. And then I right. finally say with my Cincinnati Reds friend, okay, let's put a little, put a little something here on this series. And Matt Boyd gets absolutely worked, a grand slam off of Castellanos' glove, and then Billy Hamilton hits uh, him. I just right. wait for I, the last two games of the series. I that, stacked the wrong saying. side of that game last night. I'm just uh, yeah, you know. I'm sure you did. You thought Sal Romano was going to get Sal Romano gives up home runs like that's his job. Uh, Unbelievable. It was so, so maddening to watch. Uh, And Boyd, of course, struggled the day I wrote about him. Although I didn't write saying that he was going to be amazing, so I I didn't feel that bad. Uh, Yeah, he was my streaming pick in the Roto write up that day. I I, I picked him in my ESPN Daily Notes, so uh, I did look foolish there, but that's all right. Um, All right, Nimmo, Jake. Did you catch that, by the way, Justin? In my ESPN Notes. Mm. Mm, Yeah. My God, you guys are so stupid. Uh, <laughs> this is this is uh, this is your Mets. This is your it ball. Is. Uh, it is. And and you guys got something great going, so you will f it up in some way. I don't know what the way is. No, but well, they're they're effing up the fact that they're starting to win again. That's my problem. It's like just go ahead and get another top five pick. See, and you're, you're with you're where I am at with my Tigers. Like yes. enough the winning. Like it's fun and exciting, but stop. Like I am a proponent, and we could have this discussion another time for trading Degrom or Syndergaard and getting a, a hell of a package back. You got to do with the Astros. Well, the Astros lost for years on end. A better example: do what the Yankees and do what the Cubs did. Quickly turn it around by getting a haul, and then hell, you know what? In two years, maybe you sign Jacob Degrom back. But anyway, that's another story. Uh, Brandon Nimmo. I am in support of buying high. The only thing I will caution people is the power is. Ah, I, I know it's the last thing to develop. 
I'm just having a little bit trouble buying into the power because if you look at the, the ISO is 300. I mean, that, that's a pretty daggone good number for most people, let alone somebody who at one step has gotten close to 200. And that was when the Mets used to still play in Vegas, which we know how that is in their AAA and what that means. So if you look at it, my concern is, is the power real? You look at what he's doing this year. He's pulling the ball more and he's driving a little bit more. Maybe he's going to turn into that. And maybe this is what is, like I said, the power is always the last to develop. We know that. At the same time, there is a little bit of concern that I have. If you told me that I'll get Brandon Nimmo 290 hitter with a season of 15 to 20 home runs and 15 to 20 steals. I think that's a great season and that's what Nimmo could do. It's kind of like a, almost a Ben Attendi, a little bit lesser version of Ben Attendi. And oh, I, yeah. I'd be thrilled with that, but that's an interesting comp. Yeah. I, and that's I think actually it's a really a, good comp. Thank you. I, this, you know, it's like I do this for a living. Uh, I, so I like if, it. I like if it. you look at it, uh, he's on pace now to well outdo the 15 to 20 home runs. And that's the only part that I'm not buying into. 369 ISO over the last 30 days. So nice. So nice. Uh, yeah, great, great, great plate skills. 25-year-old Brandon Nimmo, uh, big fan for sure. I definitely would be interested in seeing what the price is with him, especially if I need offense in, in, in fusion because he's doing everything. And like I said, that speed is kind of the underrated aspect of him. I think they should let him run more. Mets yes. aren't a huge running team. No, they're but, not encouraging Rosario to either. The, the few times he gets on base. It's wild. It, it, it's a, By the it's way, absolutely you both, you both skip right past the three six nine. Damn, she fine. Oh, I did. I did. I was too focused on. No, the, no. Uh, I was the focused world. on the. Um, I'm not cool six, enough to know part. know that reference. No, it's it, it's it's a good it's a good reference. What well, what well, well done there, Jake. Uh, all right, Jake, we're gonna let you go. You gotta get you gotta get some lunch, dude. You I, I got like 15 minutes to get lunch and then jump on the damn air again. Then you gotta get on the but air. This one was more fun today. But I, I appreciate you got you coming on talking with us. I know you had to talk about some of the guys that you talked about with Justin on your show. Where can people find your stuff? What's 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 your Twitter? What's your, where's the where's the podcast? What what do we got? Well, it's like the easiest way. Like I, I told Justin yesterday, but he doesn't do Twitter a lot. But you do it. It's just follow me at All in Kid, and you'll get the links to everything. But if you want to go to iTunes, it's the On Target Podcast. I've had Paul on. I just had Justin on, and then at the Roto Experts website, the football package is dropping this week. That's why I've been buried in football to my eyeballs this entire like past three weeks. And listen, if you do football and you don't follow Jake, you're not trying to win. I'm not trying to gas you up, dude, but I told you, you were my go-to. I would talk about your uh, your waiver articles in my stream saying, you know, people would ask me about somebody that I didn't quite know. I was like, let me see what Jake says. Like it was, <laughs> it was a meme where I was just like referencing Jake. Like they knew that I, I don't have an original opinion on here. I'm going to give you all Jake's opinion. So uh, I respect your stuff in baseball for sure. But I also it's it's a different way to see it when you're doing football, because I'm not a huge I'm not a football quote unquote expert or whatever. So to see how great you are and for people to get that same value in baseball is impressive uh, to be the two sport guys. So well done there. Uh, big kudos. And thank you for helping me get to the uh, finals in two of my leagues. Well, thank football. you for all that. Thank you for all that. Uh, but no, thank you for thank you for being on, man. We'll definitely have you on again this summer at some point and uh, and go, go get go get your lunch, man. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, we're back. So we decided to go ahead, and um, Jake had to go. He's on time crunch, and eight players was pretty aggressive to do with him. But you know what? We still got some time. So Justin and I are going to talk about these last four, and we're going to talk about uh, Jake behind his back. So what would you think of that guy? How much uh, did he suck? Well, well, like, 
I mean, like I love Jake. Like he he's a, he's a good he's a good dude, good football analyst. But like like you, you could ask me about football. You know, like I cover football too. I know. I I, I wasn't trying to and say like that. Jake, I, I, you know, I played football. That's that's true. That's true. I just um, you know, when when I play fantasy football, it is more of the you know looking for information that I don't have because I yeah I just can't study it as 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 much. So I guess we'll have to uh, piss everyone off and do football corner yeah. uh, during you, the season where I just ask you, you about can my check waiver. me out on the uh, over on football graphs. Oh, dude, we should start football graphs. No, I'm just kidding. No, we shouldn't. Uh, all right, we got four more guys to talk about here. Still on this buy-high situation. I want to get your thoughts on these guys. Justin, Glaber Torres, the dude hits a homer every other day, it seems. And the beauty is, and this is the he's the perfect example of this, but it's been happening with so many other guys, too, that we've been talking about all year on the show. When a minor leaguer comes up, you look at their power profile in the minors, and then you got to add some power. Now, this is to the highest level, right? He's got a 26% homer to fly ball rate, 14 homers already. Nobody would have added this amount, but don't get locked in on a player's minor league uh, power profile and think that's all they're going to be because coming to the majors – you're going to add a little bit. And he's obviously added a ton. 291, 346, 566 for Glaber, 14 homers, 35 ribs, uh, 23 runs, and just two stolen bases as well thrown in. Is a Yankee, so he's going to be expensive. That For me, that kind of spoil, you know, I'll give my answer right away. That kind of takes him out of the buy high because it would just be so wild. But what do you think of the what do you think of the numbers here? What what, what kind of summer is Glaber Torres going to have? I mean, there's obviously regression coming, um, but I think it's only coming in the power department. Like I, I think uh, you, you look at some of his X numbers over on uh, Baseball Savant, um, and they're pretty in line with what he's doing from a triple slash uh, perspective in terms of like his X, uh, his X Woba, um, and, and and things of that nature. I think the hit tool is where it is supposed to be, and this is who he is as a hitter. I just think the power is going to regress, um, but it wouldn't surprise me if he hit nine or ten more home runs rest of the way, and that gives him close to 25 for the year, which would be a fantastic season for a, a young kid who wasn't supposed to show this kind of power this early on in his career. No, really wasn't. And again, I can get into him not regressing too much. I think Glaber Torres is going to have a good summer. But in terms of buying it, it's really difficult because of the Yankee tax. I just think you're going to pay full, full, full price. Like, no, you've got to you, sell him. Like This is a sell-high yeah. opportunity. Um, Perhaps even more so than Soto because of the name value. Like Everyone knew Glaber Torres coming in. Juan Soto, for folks, if you didn't really follow – if you don't follow the minors that much, there's a chance you did not know about Juan Soto. If you kind of only go into AAA guys or even get into some AA because didn't he come – didn't he start the season in high A this year? I'm pretty sure he did. And actually no, he started the year in high school, that's right, because yeah. he's four years old. <laughs> but yeah, so he came he came from the A ball. So but Glaber, everyone knows. So I agree with that too. That's another one. You go put out a note and say, Listen, I gotta sell Glaber. Here's what I'm looking for, and let the offers come in. All right, let's move on to Jose Martinez, kind of on the the other end of the spectrum here from some of these other guys, more of a, a, a Muncie type where he's a, a later breakout. Now, he, he broke out last year. We really started to see Jose Martinez come through. StatCast Darling uh, does really well on those numbers, and so he was getting some hype. The question was, oh, where's the playing time going to come from? 
for me, that never really was a huge concern only because if he hit like, like a lot of people were expecting that you find playing time. Like that's the least of, of the concerns as far as I was worried about. Plus Colette, you know, what uh, was talking about Carpenter's shoulder all year, had us concerned that that was going to be an issue. And I, I really think it was to start the year. Although I do think he's starting to show some health, but I thought that was going to be a good avenue for playing time as well. Bottom line is Martinez locked in at first base and uh, he's going to have, he's got 10 home, 44 ribbies, 32 runs, hitting 314, 383, 508. You buying a 29-year-old Jose Martinez? I am, but I'm also buying that I don't trust the organization at all. And he is so bad defensively that that could cause issues at times. He's one of those guys that is going to get sat because his defense is just so bad at times. It's um, it's comical. He really doesn't know what's going on out there. It's, it's really atrocious. Um, and uh, it's sad because dude can mash and dude can hit. Um, and, you know, I think there will be struggles at points, um, you know, especially as pitchers start seeing him multiple times and we get more tape on him. But, I mean, he is a he is a natural hitter. He, and he can hit for power, like you said, stat cast darling. I, I do just worry about that defense ultimately being his downfall. Yeah, that, that that's the scary part that it could cost him some time. But again, he keeps raking like that. They're going to keep him in the, in the lineup. I do think if you but need an offensive, we, the problem with the Cardinals is we've said that about other guys. Like we said that about Aledmus Diaz and look how quickly they jettisoned him. Um, and it's like, you know, Tom, it took Tommy fam forever to even just get in the lineup. And he's um, got good defense. Like, I just don't like that organization went from like the quote unquote, like smartest organization in baseball to like one of the dumbest in, in like the course of like three seasons. It's just Matheny. It's just this? Did you see him blow the game the other day against the Phillies? His his decisions, dude. I don't understand. Like I, I, I think Cardinals fans have finally had enough too. Um, you used to say something about him and get pushback on on Twitter or whatever from Cardinals fans. I think most of them have said, "Nah, it's uh, it's it, time to move on." If you want to see a fantasy analyst freak out, go hit up uh, my buddy Matt Thompson uh, on oh, Twitter yeah, and just fan. ask him about uh, his thoughts on Mike Matheny. <laughs> like you don't even Absolutely. have to like say anything specific. Just Hey, what are your thoughts on him as a manager? You like Mike Matheny, dog? Um, all right, two more. Actually, by the way, these last three, just NL Central in the house here. Scooter Jeanette. Now, this is another one that it's like this started last year. So I don't think there should be so much trepidation about whether or not he can hold it, but I still think there is. 28-year-old Scooter Jeanette just doesn't have the name value. He's leading the NL in hitting, batting average, 337, uh, 12 homers, 48 ribs, 36 runs, uh, in addition to that 337, he's got a 373 OBP and a 534 slug. Again, it was great last year, too. So for me, it's kind of an easy, I, I would be open to buying it because I don't think the price will be obscene. I'll just pay, you know, a fair cost for a, a good player. But what do you think about, uh, what do you think about Scooter Jeanette? Uh, I was a big fan of Jeanette uh, prior to the breakout. Uh, I kept waiting for oh, him yeah? to do this. Oh yeah, like all throughout his years on Milwaukee and so your long term uh, Jeanette Stan. Yeah, and then last year I totally jumped off the bandwagon. <laughs> yeah, he got cut. He's going to Cincy. Uh, like, I'm out. Oh, and then like, screw this. They have Jose Peraza on that team. Where's he going to play? Uh, Good old Jose Peraza ruins another. So yeah, this situation. is this is kind of a sore subject for me. Um, but. Uh, 
I think he's another sell-high guy only because I believe this is the last year he's under team control with the Reds. He's a free agent at the end of the season, uh, which means the Reds will most likely try to move him and make way for Nick Senzel. And I worry that he could struggle in a different organization, in a different ballpark, uh, not getting to play in uh, in Great America. Um, even though he has been great on the road, uh, I just I, I worry about a change of scenery while he's been so successful uh, in Cincinnati. Uh, he's one of those guys I wish they would just kind of lock up, you know, maybe for, on a longer term deal. Yeah, because you feel like you can give him like a three year deal. He's only twenty eight. For 29, 30, and 31 seasons, and that wouldn't be so bad, but they do kind of have middle infielders coming, although the the problem, well, it, it, we don't need to get into the Cincinnati situation, but if they wanted to put Suarez back to short, Senzel at third, keep Jeanette at second, but I don't know if they well, want to do that. Senzel's so. been playing some shortstop in the minor leagues. Oh, so he could, okay, he could take Peraza's spot then, and, and then you don't Peraza need to play Peraza because here's the thing about him. He's actually not good at baseball. No, he's not, so. and this is something Jake and I talked about on, on, on Target yesterday is Peraza needs to be a util guy, and I think the organization as a whole has just been afraid to admit they made a bad trade for Todd Frazier. Yep. Um, but it's it's time that they kind of give up on that, give – uh, give Senzel a chance, especially uh, now that he seemingly has been re- uh, is seemingly recovered from the vertigo issues. Well, and plus they're putting two slugs, two free lineup spots in there with Hamilton and Peraza. I know Hamilton went yard yesterday, but like, come on, you're just giving up two spots there at the top and bottom at of least your Hamilton lineup. Hamilton is stuff. like a Gold Glove defensive guy. That's true. Yeah, he keeps that 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 keeps his job is because he's giving you value on the other side of the ball there, uh, and a lot of it. All right, last one is Francisco Cervelli. Another um, older guy in the NL Central, but a a swing change guy for sure. It's really unlocked some power, and he's got nine homers already. He's got three triples too, by the way. Seven doubles, two fifty six, three eighty eight, four eighty eight triple slash line. Francisco Cervelli. I mean, just a, a major major pickup for folks that were been looking for catcher all year because catcher's been such a nightmare just so you know in a in 182 games over the last two years combined he had six homers and he already has nine so and again you go look at the swing changes you go look at the the player profile there's real changes here for Cervelli but how bankable are they and would you would you buy in if you need to catch your help uh, with Cervelli I think I would one, I believe the swing change, uh, and two, he's always had a really good approach, so it kind of softens the floor. So, exactly. at worst, he is, you know, kind of an average catcher, even if he regresses. But at best, he's you know a guy that could potentially be a top five, six catcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't think anybody is charging that for a thirty-two year old, thirty-two year old catcher that plays in PNC Park. Bingo, and that's why I'm in because. Anyone, not anyone, I'm sure there's some folks, but the bulk of people that are going to trade Cervelli are thinking, I'm getting out from under this potential. I've gotten 54 great games or whenever they picked him up. Let me jump out of this for something more stable. And I think there's some stability here because you mentioned his great plate approach. He's always been good. He, you know, he's striking out a little bit more this year uh, and last, um, up over 20%, but just over 20%. And he still walks double digit, 14, 10, and 14 the last three years for his walk rates. So I'm buying this. I like the little, pu- I like the punch here. I think we could see another. I think he could double it. I think I think at least double it. Another nine homers, if not if not a few more. 
So uh, I, I'm in here with Francisco Cervelli as a as a buy high. Uh, and who doesn't need catcher? I mean, even if you have Gary Sanchez, you might feel a, like you need catcher. Well, especially if you have Gary Sanchez because he's been atrocious this year. Um, but uh, the, the catcher position has it's just so been terrible. a wasteland. And to get a guy like this, that floor doesn't hurt you. Because, I mean, that's the problem with the catcher position this year especially has been almost everybody other than the top six or seven guys is actually hurting your team in a rotisserie format because well, their averages are so bad. I got one for you. The number seven guy is hurting you in a position. It's Gary Sanchez. Yeah. Like, that's how bad catcher's been. He's n- he's number seven on ESPN's player rater despite obliterating your batting average. And does he have negative and, value as a whole? No, he's still, he's still positive. It doesn't get to negatives until catcher 18, but that tells you where two catcher leagues are. That uh, and, and that's Elias Diaz, Cervelli's backup. So it's brutal. Two catcher leagues this year are really tough. And if you had something like Grandal Gaddis, which was a very viable combo, like you're getting such an advantage. If you if you're doing well everywhere, like you gotta be winning. This is why people hate two catcher leagues. I understand. I understand. I I kind of like it though. It gives these catchers some value. <laughs> I, I don't equate it to kicker, though. Some people try to equate it to kicker. I completely disagree. The idea that that they're at all comparable is um, is wrong and stupid. So people I think stop the one it. thing you uh, can right. take away from like a football mentality with catcher is that there should be like a flex position where yes. it's catcher DH. So like you it's, have to have played at, twenty games at DH and then twenty games at catcher in the previous season. I like that. That I can get behind uh, more so than removing them or pretending they're kickers. I think it's more of a, 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 D, a tight end situation where, and obviously he's not performing to that level, but Sanchez was kind of the Gronk, and then you had a few others that you liked, and then it's just an amalgam of the same player, and you're trying to spike the right one. You know, your Contreras is, uh, Real Muto, Grandal, Gaddis, like a handful of guys were still pretty good, but then just a freaking glob a bigger glob than any of the pitching globs that we've talked about so uh all right so muncie escobar soto nimmo torres martinez Jeanette, cervelli those are the ones we talked about feel pretty good about most of them some of them you gotta sell though because they're too good not to so all right justin that's gonna wrap us up for the week because i'm out to denver tomorrow lucky say hi to uh, nick for me i definitely will nick and i will be out there so we're gonna put something up i don't know exactly what we're going to do, but we're going to have something. Something will be, uh, there will be something recorded and posted on Sunday when I get back. Actually, uh, mental note, I'll try to put the thing on my laptop to make sure I, or to my MacBook to make sure I could uh, update while out there. Maybe I can post on Saturday, but if not, it'll be Sunday when I get back. Justin, hope you have a good rest of your week and I'll talk to you later. Fair advantage to dominate your fantasy baseball league? Well, look no further and download SquadQL, the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals this year. Download SquadQL for free for your Apple and Android devices. 
SquadQL recommends the best starting lineup each day based on your starters, bench players, and free agent pool. How does SquadQL actually do this? The app connects directly with your Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS leagues, pulling in your actual roster, your league scoring system. The app also provides waiver wire recommendations, daily updates to player rankings, and much more. Head to the Apple app or Google Play stores to download SquadQL, your all-in-one fantasy baseball manager. SquadQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy lineup optimizer trusted by over 100,000 DFS players. You can also download RotoQL for free for both Apple and Android.